0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of a beautiful rain cloud over a sunny London.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. You mean this podcast never happens?
0: No, well, you would, you would, you would, you know, I'd bloody love to think that, but it has been quite moist in London this past week. I'm sure you'll agree. It has.
1: As disgusting as that word is, there's no other word to describe it.
0: Well, the best thing about the word moist is that it's disgusting when I say it, but the closer that I get to the microphone and say it in moist. We lose a listener. So we every do. time I say we that
1: do. word. We, we, lose, we lose a listener, but we gain an ASMR subscriber as well. So, you know, I mean, swings and roundabouts. <laughs> How have you been, mate? I've been all right. I've been all right. It's been good. It's been nice. I've seen quite a bit of you recently. You have. You have. I mean, I hope you don't think that's a bad thing. No, it's, it's, it's
0: lovely. It's lovely. It's really nice to kind of the, the echoes of normality are starting to become ever so clearer in our day-to-day life. Ooh.
1: Poetic, almost.
0: We uh, had a lovely uh, opportunity today where I've been kind of going back into the office a little bit, which is nice. quite nice. Our office is starting to open up. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, the one-way systems are in place. Hand sanitizers everywhere. Yep, yep, yep. And it's it's just been quite nice. Do you know, the, the being able to see some of my colleagues again. The I'm fortunate to work in a, an office that has. Uh, beer on tap as well, free beer after yes, a certain yes. time, which I know you've taken advantage <laughs> so of. Table it, tennis
1: tables.
0: Table tennis table. Of course, yeah, you came in didn't you? You did, and
1: didn't.
0: I did. Yeah, it was, it was good. Had a game. game of table tennis. Yeah. I won't do that short serve to you anymore, mate, because I know you, it's difficult. It's to a difficult return. one. You, you're right. you said you,
1: you, you did. You did say this every time you did it. So uh, you know, I'm aware it's a difficult one to return. It's a difficult it's one easy, to return. It's the easiest way to get under someone's skin
0: when you're playing that game is just to, to do a horrendous serve and then go sorry i didn't realize that was so difficult i won't do that next yeah, time <laughs> absolutely because you know i'm just that skilled <laughs> we um I had a really interesting one so we I, I thought I thought you would quite like i uh obviously the a few of us have now started to come back into the office and during lockdown our our team um, my office actually sort of started to grow and we've had some really uh uh, some some really excellent new additions to our team one of them came in today which I had not had the opportunity to sit and chat to and she uh, is an expert in virtual reality would you oh, believe uh, very interesting yeah very interesting background but she's helping uh, quite a lot with uh, sort of a, a, a project that we're running but, but what's really interesting is that her background was in biology microbiology and she has done uh, a lot of work in hospitals and she was telling us the most amazing stories of what she has seen in A&E and we were obviously talking a little bit about you know what's happening right now uh, with with obviously with with coronavirus and how actually a lot of a- A&E numbers dropped in the capital because people weren't out just doing stupid shit yeah and she says I'll give you an example uh, the Metro, or I think it was the Metro, the Daily Mail, ran an article a couple of years back, and you'll, you will love this, right? They ran a an article a couple of years back that somebody had worked out due to the, the natural or, or due to the, the, the bio-architecture of our jaw. Maybe that's not the right phrase for it, but you know what I mean, the way that our jaw is laid yeah, out. sure. We are... As humans you and I we' are humans we are but last time all of humans exactly we are capable of putting a light bulb into our mouth, but we are not capable of
1: taking that said light bulb out again yep yeah. have you heard this before I mean it doesn't it doesn't surprise me it doesn't surprise me at all I think there are other examples of that like I think yeah. there, there are other examples of being able to put something into one's mouth and not being able to take it out now this
0: uh, employee of ours used this as a beautiful example I can, it being, of,
1: I, I can imagine it being particularly problematic with a glass light bulb though
0: well that's <laughs> it when you think about it of course yes that was one of the considerations but the point that she made was when you think about it you have a situation where you right now have the model for the spread of a virus and in this case the virus is the knowledge that you could put a light bulb in your mouth but you can't take it out again so it started with as all these things do with patient zero the first guy in a group of friends who read this he was the one who'd had too much to drink the ballsy lad somehow has a light bulb put it in his mouth couldn't get it out he was in the taxi he had to go to A&E he was phoning his friends because this was hilarious there was saliva dribbling down his chin because obviously it's difficult to swallow because you have a fucking a light, bulb light bulb in your yeah. mouth. Not twenty minutes later, the taxi driver rocked up to A and E because he had a light bulb in his mouth. Not a he chance. had been convinced. No Genuinely, way. genuinely nah. serious. This woman told us the story. So that is how the virus spreads. Next. A series of other people started to rock up over the next 24 hours after this article had dropped because another group of people in the pub who were joining them in this um, amazing activity of putting light bulbs in their mouth also thought, I I reckon I could get a light bulb out. You just open your jaw wider. It's easy. It's easy. Just watch. (laughs) And then they would stick the light bulb in, so apparently up to seven people because of this one article where some scientists had realized that we don't have the, bi- the 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 bio design to remove a light bulb, what once has been inserted into the mouth of the stupid person cannot be removed, and that is was the most perfect spread of. The catalyst and watching how it just spread around stupid people, and I thought wow. that is hell-. And the way that this story was told, she she's a very learned woman, very intelligent, and it was so funny. I, I I I remember just watching her tell it; it was so funny.
1: I can imagine. Uh, yeah, I can imagine just you sitting in your office chair just howling away
0: oh it was it was just and, and we were all sort of it was brilliant it was such a brilliant story anyway that's that's probably been the delight of my week <laughs> yeah that's very
1: delightful I, and and
0: I, I have another really funny story but i'll probably save that because we're recording two episodes tonight in a one-er aren't we are we yeah well we're gonna have to because you're going away on holiday
1: are you not oh i am going away on holiday uh i am and before any anybody judges me you, you're you're allowed now as long as you're sensible <laughs> You're allowed. I'm allowed. Well, you're not sensible, so that's no. that's the kind of yeah. That that's the that's thing. thing. That's that
0: the thing. You're gonna be s- sat on the plane with a light bulb in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Inst- Absolutely, that's the me. instant the wheels no, no, no. are up. This is
1: what was going through my head when you were telling me that story. Is are you? Is he telling me this because he secretly hopes that I'm gonna try and put a light bulb in my mouth at oh, some God. point in the future? We we we've now a platform. Do we have to tell people don't
0: put a light bulb in your mouth? I think. I mean. I think. Let's tell they people. They can be removed. I think.
1: I think let's tell people not to put light bulbs in your mouth this podcast i'm gonna i'm does gonna not say support does not condone putting light bulbs in your mouth
0: i'm gonna say i say do it but you're right the podcast don't but have a shot i don't give a shit or, what are you gonna do sue me i don't know how can you how can you imagine that he said to do it your honor also <laughs> on this shitty podcast but you know <laughs> also try your bum you never, yeah, you never um, know. Well, it's so funny you say that because that's where the story went. Like some of the things that have been, like that, it started mouth, and then obviously the next place. Oh, that that's to in the Scrubs the episode.
1: That's in the Scrubs episode. Which one? They do that in a Scrubs episode. They do like a, a light a bulb whole thing. No, yeah, they they do a they do a whole bit about staying staying on in A and E. After hours, when you're on call, on call, and you just see the weirdos come in, Weirdest, and yeah. basically they just do a montage of all the weirdos just sticking random things up their bum. Oh, I see. And one of them's a funny. light bulb, and another one's like a baguette well, to, or something. I don't to know. To cut <laughs> a long
0: to cut a long story short, one of the things that was stuck up the bum was a full melon and the story that accompanied it was beautiful. Okay. Uh, And uh, yeah, absolutely mental. And I can't remember what famous comedian it was that said the story once of a a surgeon who was on, or a doctor who was on call, who said that after reading the report of how the HP saucil went up there, he says, I would find that story a little bit more believable that you tried to shimmy up the drain pipe because you forgot your keys when you went out to do the shopping, came back, realized you'd forgotten them, tried to climb in through the window and fell onto your shopping. I would believe that story if HP Sauce sold their bottles with a condom already on. Uh, music and movies podcast. Each week we look at some of our favorite music and movies. And this week is kind of a special one. As we've said, Alex is going away on holiday so what we decided was we wanted to try and have a nice two-parter which we could rip you guys off with. That's correct. We're gonna be recording one show in the same evening but splitting out over two episodes. How do you like that? That's efficiency. That is efficiency. <laughs> we are
1: not missing an upload. <laughs> we That's are the not only exactly We are is not the only missing object. an upload. <laughs>
0: You, well, I'll well, tell you what, see if you can spot the deliberate cut and edit when we split the episodes up.
1: <laughs> sure, we'll see. I imagine it'll be after the first going, um, moving forward section. Moving forward, exactly, because we're be, going to have to keep I'm, the format. I imagine it'll be when we wrap up the first show. <laughs> <laughs> god i've got to have some more
0: light-hearted banter i've got another story for next week from the same night oh this is gonna be a delight for us and a fucking pain for you listening brilliant <laughs> this week we are doing the very very famous kill bill uh, film yeah film series volume now, one and volume, volume two volume one and volume two absolutely but enjoy to be enjoyed best followed straight after each other what's your thoughts do you watch them one straight after the other I have and Sorry, I love I it. My window's open. I'm just gonna keep talking. I'm just yep.
1: gonna close my window. I have watched both of them back to back. I didn't in preparation for this one. I watched it I watched them separately. And there's a case to be made for either way, I think. Yeah, because, I agree. Sorry, I'm both up here. Yeah, Keep going. No, I, I genuinely think that watching them back-to-back is an incredibly unique experience and is so, so different from watching them as two separate viewing experiences because mm. they are very different movies and they're structure, structured very, very differently. But then mm. the structure of the two of them as a whole is in itself a really, really good movie, but like an incredibly long one, and you can't always see the wood through the trees. If... Yeah,
0: I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's I I I think it's a movie experience best watched separately because there's a lot. Yeah. And the the especially the final chapter, the final couple of chapters of Kill Bill Volume One are sorry i'm talking too close the final couple of chapters in kill bill volume one are really unique and you kind of need a moment to
1: stop and reflect on them well no it's crafted to be a satisfying ending like maybe not narrative wise because nothing is resolved in the story Mm. you know when she kills oren it's just the second well actually technically the first Mm. one that she kills
0: yeah, well, that's, uh, of so, course, because of the, the, the structure is thrown and out. And so, actually, much like a none of, of the
1: story's been resolved, but because of the epic fight scene choreography, the, ju- just the way that the movie builds to the confrontation with Oren, it's almost like it, it's a self contained movie where it's just about her and Oren, and then Oren yeah. dies, and then you're like, all oh, right, okay, that's a satisfying conclusion in the end of yeah. part one, but actually. It's not. No,
0: no. Uh, so obviously 2003, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Um, also co-written by uh, Uma Thurman. So she helped with a lot of the writing yep. for this, which is uh, Tarantino's not Tarantino's muse, surprising. as he
1: very often calls her.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Now these films feature in a special place in tarantino's heart for a couple of reasons one of them is a very specific reason to do with the music of it and i'll get to that point a bit later yeah but the first being that these movies exist inside his other movies do you want to explain that oh
1: yeah the 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 tarantino what what was it realer than real is that what is that what one of them's called one of them's called one of them's called realer than real there's there's two universes of tarantino there's the Realer Than Real universe, which I believe is the Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and like basically all of them that's not Kill Bill. And then mm. he described, if I'm right about this, I think he said this in an interview or an article or something, he said Kill Bill is the movie that his other characters went to see in the cinema.
0: That's right, yeah, that's right. So you can imagine Vince Vega, uh, you know, p- and, and uh and jules Winifred, you know buying a couple of movie yeah, stubs i can, and going I can to imagine that, and that
1: that'd be a bit of a problem for vic vega though that that might pose some questions exactly yeah exactly <laughs> or maybe <laughs> he did yeah, of maybe he did some, it, some it, yeah. acting oh well, maybe he there, did you some go, acting. there you go there oh.
0: you go well it's like it's like obviously we did the marvel mcu series but we forgot to talk about the fact that at one point samuel L. jackson refers to star wars yeah, he does. In that film, yeah. which I, I love it when things like that happen, when I guess it's kind of just like, oh, well, I guess that's just happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, do you want to get into the music? Yeah, let's. Because the music of this film is unique. And I think it's unique because the overarching piece of the Killbills is that they are a beautiful tre- uh, blend Sorry, of samurai...
1: Slash Western Slash Revenge. Yes, and I think it's done so well that I don't think I could see another samurai movie without thinking of a Western score, like going through them. What what a beautiful combination! It Do you is, want isn't to talk it? about
0: that? And and I think I think up top, and of course we we haven't addressed the elephant in the room. Uh, which is unfortunately the sad passing of Ennio Morricone. Yes. Uh, a long and accomplished uh, career of composing the most beautiful and soaring uh, pieces of music that have appeared in some of the the most grand spaghetti westerns. Yeah. Uh, now his film. I mean, he scores... defined
1: the sound of the genre. You really, really? I really mean, did. he
0: really did. How many decades has he been producing music for movies for? Over over fifty,
1: over fifty, over 50 easy. Years. I mean, I
0: I was thinking, yeah, at least sixty. You know, he, is, di-
1: he he died at the you know ripe old age of what was it? I think it was ninety.
0: 90 was it not, or 90 something, nineteen ninety two, so. something like that. And ripe old quite you know quite rightly because what good innings and we texted obviously a really good innings completely. Now Ennio Morricone obviously features a little bit in this uh, soundtrack. Uh, I'm I'm writing several a times, couple of, oh, yeah. several times of course, and. What's funny is that Ennio Morricone appears in a number of Tarantino soundtracks. Now, unfortunately, the first time where he officially wrote some music for it wasn't until Hateful Eight. Um, But obviously the music is used in this and a
1: lot in Django and Inglourish Bastards before then. Yeah, you kind of hit on an interesting point there because in Tarantino's output, it's often been said, and it has been said on this podcast before, that none of Tarantino's movies have any original music in it until the hateful eight but i discovered that that is not true but that's right
0: there's a bonus track isn't there in this one well
1: not only is there a bonus track but there is original music in mm. kill bill like mm. music written specifically for kill bill and i thought no hang on i thought that that wasn't the case do you know who wrote it
0: Well, it wasn't Nancy Sinatra with Bang Bang, was it? Because that's an old one. Uh,
1: No, it wasn't. Although a lot of the original music is theme and variations on that song. That song plays as a motif throughout the whole two movies, actually. In in various guises. And there was one person that had to write them. Do you know who it was?
0: Oh, I... Uh
1: i genuinely don't know long long time friend and collaborator rza was it uh, long time friend and friend and collaborator of quentin tarantino robert rodriguez oh of
0: course of course yeah. and i thought hang
1: on robert rodriguez is writing music and i thought wow talented guy yeah jack of all trades
0: Quite, quite right. Actually, I shouldn't, quite say, right. I shouldn't
1: say that because saying Jack of all trades means master of none. And I actually think Robert Rodriguez is great.
0: Um, Just before we move on, Bang Bang, You Shot Me Down. Yeah. And that iconic reverb, uh, almost shimmer guitar that accompanies that. I mean, that is just a, a, an incredibly unique sound, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, it, you,
1: and, you hit it on the head. It is iconic, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and there's a lot of iconic pieces of music in this, and which is something that I want to get to, yeah. um, and I and I will, and it's perfect
1: for, up. and it's perfect for telling the story of Kill Bill as well. Like you mm. listen to the lyrics of it, and you think, "Wow, that is literally Bill and Beatrix, like yes. those two characters. It's just them." The li- yeah, the lyrics are yeah, Ab- absolutely, it's 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 incredible, and Tarantino's often said that his method for coming up with his movies is he locks himself in his record room and he just plays music until a concept formulates and i find that really powerful and it's probably why some of his movies has some of my favorite soundtracks even though pretty much all of them are compilation style
0: before i forget i think it's important that we talk we're obviously talking about iconic and i said there's two things uh, about this that are unique and that is obviously the fact that we talked about this is a movie within another movie yeah. but i want to go on to the other iconic um part of this movie and something that 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 tarantino talks about and has a personal connection with he was asked a couple of years ago and i forget the name of the interview and you might know there's a specific interview a movie film interview that you and i have talked about before he asks the best questions in the world I forget his name. He's a sort of younger lad. He's got he's he's a nerd like you and me, but right. he's very into and he and he's got a channel. I I will need to find this fucking thing, won't I? I'll link it into the description. absolutely. I I, I couldn't he, tell you what it is. He asked Tarantino a fantastic question, and I've got so much respect for when the press ask a good, well rounded question. Yeah. And The question was, uh, Quentin Tarantino of all of your movies they obviously have a hugely eclectic soundtrack but what is the song you are most proud of its inclusion in its
1: movie for the cultural impact that it has that is a banger of a question
0: I thought it was such a great question and I think you're
1: right I don't know this interview I don't think we've talked
0: about this before so Tarantino in this interview it's amazing he sat back and he went oh that is a good question huh and he does that kind of thing where he was like, you know, I, and then he started about three, he went, the thing, It the... okay, so what I- He got him. You and got he just him. went, and he just got him. <laughs> and, and he, and they obviously edited it. And it was just, it was brilliant. And and what was great was that it the, the interviewer kind of forced a question, an answer for him, which was really great. Because when you kind of force an answer from someone in such a situation of that, you're kind of going to get what's their, the first thing that came to their mind. Yeah, exactly. The first thing that came to his mind was, battle without honor or humility right by hotio which was the <laughs> isn't it that's the yeah. the most iconic yellow jumpsuit leather uh yellow leather jumpsuit that almost too close to the microphone that or too close to the pickups you can tell the pickups are so close to the strings on that guitar yeah. can't you because yeah, yeah. that that sound is so clear when that kind of that, and then obviously the ba 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 da 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 and and the the it, I mean it is Rocky esque, isn't it? Yeah, yeah That very kind much of Rocky Eye of Esk. the Tiger, and it's it's as I said. It, it, then you've got that famous sequence where Oren is walking through the bathhouse, as it's that kind of famous slow motion walking scene. What an epic sequence! And you watch that and you go, now I know what Tarantino meant. This is a movie that's so self-aware that only someone in a movie world would watch this movie. Yeah. But it is just so unique. I I love that. I love that piece of music so, so much. And every time it comes on, if I'm, you know, listening on shuffle to my songs or whatever, I'll always make
1: a time to listen to that. Yeah, no, it's a great one. There is actually a song pretty close to that scene that I absolutely despise. Oh, which one is that? I wonder if you can guess. In this film, in the, it's in, the in this first film. One. It's in the first film, and there's a song here around that time in the movie that I I hate. Is it hate, the five hate, six seven eight? Yeah, I hate woohoo, woohoo, woo-hoo. I hate it so much. Why do you hate it? Do 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 woohoo. I think you might be able to jog my memory on this, and I've been trying to block it out. I think subconsciously, mm-hmm. I think that song was featured on like a TV advert like yes, 10 or 15 yes. years ago like when we were growing yep. up and it was on all the time and i think i just got sick of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, i think that's fair enough. It, it's i remember i remember watching kill bill for the first time as a teen and what watching that scene and recognizing that song. So i i think you're 100% right. Yeah. Uh, on on that one there. Uh talking about iconic Pieces of music. Twisted nerve. Now, do you want to talk a little bit about this song? Because the title is perfect. Yeah. The tension that this song builds is perfect.
1: Yeah. Well, tension is very apt because it was composed by Bernard Herrmann, who is... Mm like the godfather of hollywood music like the, oh, okay. like bernard, bernard herman was the guy that taught john williams really in fact in fact not not so much taught because john williams was first and foremost a jazz jazz pianist okay. and he worked as a movie pianist like an on set uh pianist and also an orchestral pianist for these recordings and one of the composers that hired him most prolifically was bernard herman and bernard herman was himself basically that from eric Korngold. and eric Korngold was like the first one he was like the first composer so there's like mm. the, of of these hollywood music because he, he, he like bridged the gap between like symphonic classical composers and then putting that into motion pictures you know we're talking about errol flynn and you know those kind of really really right. old movies back, interesting back, back when so there's like this lineage going on and so Ber- bernard herman is an incredibly important figure in hollywood film music and one of the most famous scores he wrote was for psycho
0: oh no that makes sense that makes sense right ah interesting right? wow that yeah and of course and because, for a
1: lot of hitchcock as well
0: yeah i i that that makes a huge amount of sense obviously because twisted nerve is used in a kind of psycho-esque manner yeah. you know when, when she's coming through when uh, ellie driver is is, is yeah. obviously because it's through so loud now.
1: by the time it, it it stops as well because the whistling is by itself fairly innocuous but then as the track progresses you get the these shrill strings in very very augmented and harsh chords and harmonies just that it's really loud it's it makes you feel uncomfortable yeah absolutely absolutely and that that, that's why bernard herman was like a true master because he really you know crafted a a feeling out of a sound and then put it on screen the I want to talk a little bit less of the
0: music and more of the music performers in this because unfortunately at the bride's wedding and the massacre of the wedding, there's a lot of collateral damage and one of them, sadly, is an organ player. Yeah. But who was the organ player? Samuel L. Jackson? Uh, that is the one. Yeah, the very same. The very Fabulous. same. Sammy G. The church scene was shot in the Mojave Desert outside Lancaster, California. So make sure you keep your eye out during this scene for cameos by Samuel L. Jackson as the dead organ player and Bo Svensson as the preacher. Ah. Uh, now, before I keep going, your video's just dropped I know off. It, I know it has. <laughs> How did that happen? Uh, it,
1: it just, the, the BT Wi-Fi bitched out. Is, Did it really? is uh oh you, you can take that as a fairly bad term to Do you want it but is your meeting still open like can i join yeah you? it's can you, still open can you, you can just join. invite me because uh, i don't know
0: how to it just came up with you are the host now yeah so you're the
1: captain you'll need to invite me just stick it on messenger or something that'll be the easiest way for me to get it
0: invite no i can invite you over email uh, listeners talk amongst yourselves just whilst we have these
1: technical <laughs> absolutely all the joys of not having Wi-Fi in your new flat yet. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, but you, you got you don't need to have a guy come over, do you? No, I don't. That's quite good. I was yeah, gonna have to come over and quite good. look
0: after the place. Oh, that went quite loudly through my ears. The email sending speed sound. The email sending speed sound. Fine. You know what I mean. Oh, yeah, I don't. don't don't pretend you don't don't pretend that wasn't clear
1: as clear as day. clear as mud, yeah.
0: Exactly. The crazy eighty eight. Yeah. Do you want to know a fun fact about the Crazy 88? Go on. That finale actually took eight weeks to shoot. Eight weeks? Wow. So that is... Uh, Do you know what? does, does not 88... surprise
1: me. It's probably... Do 88
0: people die in that scene? Are there 88 in the Crazy 88?
1: Surely not. No, surely not. I mean, Because that Bill, would be 10 per week. I, Bill says a, a line about this in part two, where he says oh they're not there's not actually 88 of them they just call them that and they just call them oh, they, right. they yeah, just that's call themselves right, that and bud goes why and He's like i don't know they probably thought it was cool or something and i kind of yeah. feel like that was a little bit of a fourth wall breaking joke from tarantino yeah it, it wouldn't be a stretch to imagine that that was the case
0: yes yeah it it's it's interesting because there's quite a lot of fourth wall breaky sort of points in this obviously we talked about the slow motion walking it's very self aware this movie I, I often think the other one that, that always gets to me when I watch this is the plane the sequence where you watch the plane flying how she sat in the seat with the samurai next to her you can't take that on a plane with yeah, you never You're you never can't take that on a plane with you then and it's just, stylized just, it's great uh-huh and it's and it, but it doesn't look like it's 2003 but it looks like a flying plane sequence from like the 60s yeah. it doesn't it yeah like it's it's obviously very deliberately done in that way it is um, yeah now the the first flying plane sequence when she lands in tokyo and she obviously uh, uh comes across what's the famous sword maker no I, no, no. I o- okinawa name.
1: he goes she goes to okinawa oh, it's okinawa she sorry not to okinawa tokyo. and it's uh, Hatori hanzo
0: Hatori hanzo of course now uh we both discussed before we started recording this episode because we do do a little bit of planning now and again just a bit and just a little bit just just a a little bit we decided to talk about uh, a song that was not featured in the soundtrack now i've brought one from volume one and you have a song that wasn't featured in the soundtrack in volume two which we'll obviously get to in next week but for us it will be in a couple of hours or whatever it takes for us to get through this fucking thing (laughs) But, but i want to talk about a very very unique song which for years i couldn't track down because when this film came out you couldn't just google the in. like nowadays you can just google any old shit into the internet and someone else in the world will have googled that and will have an idea yeah i literally googled into the internet song in kill bill where she chooses the sword yeah now that is the sequence that happens there is a very famous sequence where she Chooses the correct sword, and she's walking through, looking at all the amazing swords, the Hatori Hands of Swords. And there is a song, and I'm going to butcher the name of this, okay? Yeah, go but on. Be prepared. Kafuku Surukizu by Saliu.
1: Do you know what? I reckon that wasn't bad. Probably wasn't too bad. I probably wasn't too bad. Out of all the names you've butchered on this podcast, that was probably one of the least butchered. Now,
0: for legal reasons, I can't actually play it on the podcast, but I'm actually going to play it for me and Alex now, edit it out so you can hear the song, because I want to discuss this. No,
1: don't bother bother me. I can hear it in my head. I already know it.
0: You do know it?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. The mystical song. Absolutely gorgeous.
0: It is one of the most gorgeous songs in Tarantino's movies, and it is not on the soundtrack. It's not even featured in there. It is so mystical and beautiful isn't
1: it yeah it really is yeah and it it it, it does something to be that bit of music anyway uh, uh, it really paints the personal nature of these swords and yes. it gives you it gives the audience a personal connection to these swords even if you don't give a shit about swords at all you see these things on on the shelves and you see her being so careful oh, and 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 she's mystifying so 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 careful and you hear this almost holy music i would say i would say it's holy it's like like it is like angelic it's
0: angelic yeah and it's
1: almost worship. it's almost worship it's almost religion for these people and it's 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 part of their spiritual selves and that and that's something that comes back in kill bill 2 when bill talks about how you know, you were born a killer, you were always, always a killer and, you know, Superman mm. and, you know, that, that speech. Oh, and, we'll get to it. Oh yeah, we we'll will. I love it. that bit. But yeah, that, that's, those are the kind of feelings that get conjured up for me in that bit. And that's why I can, that's why I can hear it because it is such a powerful choice of music. And it, I have thought before, I, why is it not on the soundtrack? Because I haven't, think- I have noticed that before. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I've got no idea. Now, basically,
0: uh, th- there, another, there is another couple of songs um, that, that, that I want to get to. Uh, but before, before we get to that, I want to go back to the crazy eighty sequence. Because I want to talk about lighting and imagery. Because there's a sequence in this movie that the colour is taken away from. Yeah. There is a sequence in this movie where the granularity of the lighting is removed. And there is a sequence in this movie that altogether is a cartoon yep. and is filmed in the cartoon sequence. So I and, and, and I think, you know, what I mean, the, the, the exposure is turned up so much from the cinematography aspects when we have that introduction fight sequence that obviously takes place in America. Where it's almost too bright. I don't know if you know what I'm talking or, about. It's no, quite the, the, hazy. The color, bright. The
1: colors are too colorful. That's it. Yeah. The, and the then green of the grass, the yellow of the pussy wagon. Exactly. Um, the blue of the <laughs> sky. It's just. I had to. I had to say it. I had to. It, it's beautiful.
0: But 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 you're right because it's kind of telling you that this is just perfect picture America and she's moved on with her life and you know it's it's you don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about this and you know you can leave us alone and. i guess whilst we're here obviously there's rumors um i've totally forgot i've totally forgotten her name vernita green there's there's rumors that vernita green's daughter is going to be the there's going to be the kill bill volume three well that's
1: been the rumor for years if i'm not mistaken where her daughter
0: now seeks revenge on her, which I think would be really great. I think that would be a really... Like, that's a really interesting story. It would be...
1: I've not got a huge amount of interest in seeing another Kill Bill movie. I think, having just finished Kill Bill 2, I'm just like, there's zero need to go back to... back to these characters. Mainly because all the characters are dead apart from her and her daughter. yeah. I don't. I yeah, just don't I understand why. Bill is we, killed. We we live in <laughs> we live in a we live in a franchise obsessed world, and so you know you see these movies and you go, oh yeah, I want more of that. But it's very rarely, especially with Kill Bill, how long it's been out for, it would never reach the heights that we well now you see six- Kill Bill at.
0: And don't get me wrong, you, you, I think you're right, and I think it's a blanket statement, but there are certain filmmakers where I think there's an exception to this. You know, I, I wouldn't want to see it because it'd be great to see more, it'd be great to see more, it'd be good to have more. Genuinely, I love this universe. I want to go back into this universe. If we can have a more modern take on this and have an, like, I, I like being there. I wouldn't I wouldn't feel like it was just pandering for money. Like, I would pay my cinema ticket to go back there if there was a creative way to bring me back into that world and watch a new story unfold naturally and you, you hit the nail on the head with that this is a rumor that's been around for years that there would that you know that the volume three would take place this isn't something that's just cropped up and i think there has this was almost there was kind of thoughts that that would happen and there was discussions of this because that is you know typically we've done once once upon a time in the west where we see that that is actually a revenge story and a lot of the sort of spaghetti westerns are which this kind of homage is in a huge way revenge stories of parents being killed and the 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 son or daughter growing up and then killing the killers and get getting their revenge and and that's what this whole movie is about isn't it and it would just be a fun little twist i think on that kind of genre piece that it you thought you were watching yeah the next one i want to talk about and we touched briefly was the cartoon segment yeah do you want to talk a little bit about this because
1: what's your thoughts on that I think this was probably one of the first times I'd ever watched a more adult cartoon. I don't think I'd ever had like a pairing up of adult themes such as rape, murder, prostitution, gangs, yeah. all of that in an animated form. And I think the first time I saw that, that disconnect made this whole sequence really rather uncomfortable to watch. Mm. Mm.
0: I've no, had I've
1: about. I've had lots of experiences since, you know, with more drawn up animes such as Attack on Titan and things like that, where that is very, very gory and and very, very unsettling to watch as well. So it doesn't quite pack the same punch as it did when I first saw Kill Bill. Mm. But it's an it's an incredibly personal story, and it really and it immediately makes you care about Oren. Actually,
0: yes, yes. Well, it was uh, Mitsushi uh, Ishikawa who was the uh, production manager for that sequence, and uh, uh, they they've had a series of anime, uh, a huge anime background of back catalogue. I won't pretend to know a huge amount about it, but what I love about that is that quite clearly. You know, and and the the, the range, goodness! that' looking through the IMDb page. It's, it's incredible, but quite clearly, Quentin Tarantino wanted to include that Japanese anime style in that sequence, yeah. which I love. I, I I love the I love the originality to go. I'm going to do that in my movie. Well, and put Western
1: elements into my movie. Tarantino pre- is the biggest movie nerd in Hollywood, and he oh, said yeah. it. And he said it before. He makes movies for himself he makes movies that he would want to go and see in the cinema which is why pretty much everything that he writes and everything that he visually goes for is in reference and homage to something else like he is an incredible writer in his own right but his vision is
0: 100
1: 100- yeah, percent pastiche 100% past it's, it's incredible what I lo-
0: what I love about Quentin Tarantino and I think we talked about this I remember talking about this a little bit when we were talking about Dunkirk because he himself was telling a story in another podcast about how he went to see Dunkirk a couple of times in the cinema and it, the story was the story I'm telling wasn't about Dunkirk it was about something else that he did whilst he was saying this but he said he visited leicester square in london uh to do some meetings stuff and i think it was to to, to have some uh, um production meetings for, for for an up for an upcoming film but what i loved about it was he said oh i was i was it was it was a nice surprise because i forgot dunkirk was in the cinema but i was planning to go and see the new transformers movie <laughs> <laughs> and it made me go like yeah. fucking hell like i call myself a movie snob but he is like the elite movie snob because yeah, yeah. he will watch the shit and he will watch the most obscure art form, art house cinema. Yeah, He, he just will loves it all. He loves it all. everything. He will have like an in-depth knowledge of everything. Yeah. And I, I just have the most ad- ad- admiration for that. I just think it's incredible. Yeah, it really is. It really is. The last couple of songs that I want to talk about, you want to split them up? Which one do you want to talk about? Because I think we both know which two songs we want to talk about. Absolutely. Which one do you want to go... Should we go to the Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood first?
1: Yeah, my absolute hands-down favourite track on the, on the album. Is it really? 100%. Because... On on this... On volume one? Yeah, or the whole and, thing? Not, and not because of the song. Because I think if I heard the song... Unpaired from the movie, uncoupled from the movie. I don't think I would like it because it's that kind of Latin disco kind of sound. That yes. It, oh, who's that? It's, it's Santana, who's that singer? Who's that? Who's Santana that singer?
0: Santana Esmeralda, who sings this one. But I think, are you are you thinking? Uh... More like I don't know, like Ricky Martin. Yes, I, I was know. thinking of Ricky Martin. Was it
1: Ricky Martin? I was thinking was Ricky okay. Martin. I'm like, it's a Ricky Martin sound. I'm not a Ricky Martin guy. I'll be honest. Are you sure? What with that tattoo though? Oh yeah, Ricky all over my you chest. Still got that. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, no, no. But I think because when this movie, when this song comes in in the movie, it's when Oren slips off her sandals. Yes. And steps forward, and then it just starts the clapping. The <laughs>
0: that's it yes yes, and, and you, that's the and only part isn't it? and you
1: sit forward in your seat and you go oh my god yes they're gonna start the duel and the tick, 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 tick,
0: tick, tick. Yeah. And
1: how he thought you you have to think about the vision of this guy how did he think that this peaceful japanese back garden with yeah. that peaceful water feature that makes that sound occasionally. Oh, that makes how that, perfect makes is that, 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 that sound, sound occasionally? And there's like a perfect layer of snow over it. And then he was just like, I'm going to stick in a Ricky Martin song. I mean, yeah. it's not a Ricky Martin song, but no, you San, get what I mean. How, how do you pair those two things? I don't it, think it that's not a natural thing, but it works perfectly. It's and, so unique. And then it builds up and then you get that you you get the crescendo of the song at the peak of it when Oren realizes that, or she realizes that there's a chance that she might actually die here. Yeah, and exactly. Because she's looking at, I think her her sword or something like. I think she managed to cut her or something like that.
0: That's right. Well, and, I think she realizes that it's, it's a Hanzo sword, yeah. isn't it? And, and then all the you term. realize,
1: and then and then all you hear audio wise it's just the full disco of this song like that that amazing funky guitar riff mm. it's almost niles rogersy it's now i'm good niles at... rogersy and it's amazing it's such a great moment and i and it 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 has Avengers Endgame levels of fuck yes about it. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> now, I just want it
0: because the song is a long song. I, you said you you don't really like that kind of music and listen to it outside. I love listening to this song out with watching it in the film. It's a long song. It's like it's like seven or so minutes long. But the best thing about this song, I highly encourage you to to actually listen to it, is that there's a there's a central section with a horn. Like there's a kind of horn breakdown. And oh, it is absolutely unique. In fact, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to like. What I might do is again. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna play it now and then edit it in because there's this. Do you know the bit that I'm talking about? No, we we've, we just literally listened to it, and that yeah. horn breakdown bit is so good. The it's bit, great. And then the, the second time round, when the kind of the djembe drum just starts getting played in the background, fuck me, it's a great song. It's
1: so good. It's so hype. I think hype is the word.
0: Now. I think there is a more hype song, but for a different reason, because my favorite song in the entire Kill Bill is the other song that I want to talk about, and that is the beautiful panpipe entrance of Zamfer's The Lonely Shepherd.
1: Yeah, gorgeous piece of music. Absolutely gorgeous piece gorgeous. of music,
0: and in my opinion, the best ending of a movie. I think the way that Kill Bill Volume 1 finishes, that cliffhanger ending, the fade to black, the specific song and the architecture, the architecture of that song with what you see on the screen, and the realisation, so, so many things happen here, oh my god, I can't, I need to, write. So the Sorry. architecture of I know, be concise arch- <laughs> I know my god though but like really break it down because at that point in the film you realise that the film has been played out of order because it's not till the end it's totally apparent is it because that's when she has the list and she crosses off Oranishi and you go oh, wait that has the, all the bit with the wiggle your toe hasn't happened yet
1: Yeah.
0: and no the, it has no, it, it hadn't, because Oranishi's the first one that dies. Yeah, but she,
1: she she has to wake up from her coma, then wiggle her toe, then go do the Japan thing. And then after Japan, she y- goes yes. to... So she's done wiggle your toe, because that's oh, oh, right yes. after her ho- hospital.
0: So, sorry, but what I mean is the, the first death sequence that you see
1: yes verita realize... Green's character, yeah,
0: yes, that's what I mean, sorry, so but that's when you realize that Verita Green's character dies it, I mean like it's obviously quite o- like obvious, but I think it clarifies it when she crosses Orenishi off the list, yeah, yeah, yeah. as that panpipes introduction, and that's what I mean by that it's just it, it's beautifully just conf- it's confirming yeah, and also the bombshell of does she know that her daughter's still alive yeah oh my goodness that just and the the way that the 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 pan pipes is doo doo do, doo do, doo do, doo 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 yeah. and then the the bass just do 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 do, do. and the yeah. fade to black and the Now you say
1: it's the perfect oh. ending and you're not wrong but i think what it also is is a perfect Hype for the second movie as well. I think it makes you want to jump right back in and see part two.
0: Well, and that probably brings us nicely to the conclusion of this episode.
1: Very nicely indeed.
0: be back, obviously, next week to discuss Kill Bill Volume 2. But before we do that, Alex, uh, moving forward?
1: Yeah, let's move forward.
0: What do you have to bring to this episode of Moving Forward?
1: You look like a man without a plan. I I do look like a man without a plan, and I probably (laughs) sound like a man without a plan as well, for those who can't see the visual...
0: Well, I've Component. got something that I would like to bring to moving forward. Go now, on, it, it Recently, um, we got Disney Plus. It's uh, about bloody time, if you ask me. Yeah. Um And I have not, unfortunately, seen Hamilton, ah. the stage play. Neither now, have I. You've not seen it at all, have you? I have not
1: seen it at all, no.
0: Now, I heard, obviously, a lot about it. It was famous, famous uh, Broadway musical. A number of Olivier... Um, uh, awards and and a number of tony awards that this show reached i mean I, I think it was record breaking uh in terms of ticket sales and also in terms of um demand across the world but yeah. it, and this is back in 2016 and even still to this day i mean i remember early this year a friend of mine ecstatic because she managed to get tickets for the london show and i kind of yeah, my that's insane naivety kind of thinking to myself oh you know it's How's that so difficult? But it oh, is, pff, it, it's the is it it <laughs> is the levels of it, I mean, it's like I guess like it's like cursed child, Harry Potter and cursed child levels of exclusivity to see this show. Yeah, you know, I I I had the option to go and see uh, Hamilton or the Book of Mormon live, and for personal reasons i was more inclined to watch the book of mormon because yeah I'm more and into that actually do you of... know
1: what i would i would make that choice as well even though i know how hype hamilton is i would go see book of mormon as well for me exactly
0: Wait, i do you know and i think probably there is a point here to be raised that i think an episode the, the the kind of first stage show episode we do probably will be hamilton or will be book of mormon yeah that yeah that'd be all right i i My God, mate, you need to watch this. So Disney Plus, as I said, have decided that over three consecutive nights, so two nights in front of a live audience and one night, which um, my girlfriend was telling me about, that one of the nights of the live filming, they had no audience in so they could get the cameras right in close. Because after a while, you forget you're watching a stage play. It's done so amazingly. The music... Is incredible. Yeah. The acting is amazing, and the creativity on the stage, directing, the choreography, and I don't know a huge Lin, amount. Lin Manuel him,
1: Miranda, oh, amazing. So he wrote what it a as talent. well. Exactly. What a he he
0: wrote it as well as as appeared in it. Yeah. And uh, there there's I, I forget the name. Who's the chap that plays Kristoff in Frozen films? Oh, Josh Gad. Josh? Uh, no, not Josh Gad. He doesn't. know who plays Kristoff? Oh, Kristoff. Oh. Um... Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I forget uh, I forget his name. I'm gonna bring it up on. I don't know. He was
1: in Glee back in the day. Yes, he
0: was. He was. He was. Uh, not Josh Gad, not the uh, Jonathan Groff. All right. Yeah, yeah. So Jonathan Groff is also in it. Who play He plays King George, and you, I, I guarantee you now, and uh, like listeners, you'll agree with me if you know if you know Alex half as well as I know him. He is going to adore. The song that Jonathan Groff sings as King George, or the series of songs that he sings in Hamilton, the wow. character that he plays—you will hype. no, no, no—you will adore it. You will watch his sequences, his whole performance on it, and you'll go, "That is brilliant." Um, but, but I, I, as I said, I mean, it is an amazing performance that they put on and another special shout out that I want to obviously you said Lin-Manuel Miranda I also want to draw out uh, Leslie Odom Jr who plays the character of or the, the real person um, not just a character but who plays Aaron Burr now uh, Leslie Odom Jr is an incredible stage performer he's also been in a number of films uh, most recently the the, um, the 2017 adaption of uh Kenneth Branagh's Murder on the Orient Express. Good movie. Good it, I music. really do you know I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. really great. He plays um uh I can't pronounce it. Dr. Arbuthnot. Arbuthnot. It <laughs> was obviously from the books. <laughs> ah that's incorrect. Exactly. Arbuth- no, Exactly. But no, Leslie Odom Jr is who plays um Aaron Burr in in Hamilton the stage performance. Again, just a real standout gem. Yeah. Um, and also Philippa Sue, who who plays um, Eliza Hamilton, just amazing. Uh, oh, and, and, and God, I, I keep going through the but Renee LZ, um Goldsberry, who plays Angelica, um, the voice on her, the pipes. You I, honestly, mate, I'm so surprised you haven't watched this. I, yeah. I you will. It's on, to, it's on my it's on
1: my to do list. I want to find a good amount of time where I can just sit down and watch it all, but like, it's just not not not. Time we, we I mean, we watched it over a couple of nights um we
0: watched it over a couple of nights but it was because obviously there it does show you the interval and there's yeah. a minute between the, the first half and second half. brilliant and it's so funny it's the music's so versatile you know we i've been listening to the music as i've been working over the last few days and maddie was listening to some like, segments of the soundtrack while she was working out as well she says it was absolutely amazing oh yeah. i'd so... be pretty
1: hype from the little i've heard about it i'm like yeah i could work out to that
0: the, even even still right the 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 scenes that so so fucking creative that they they do congress debates as rap battles and it is so interesting like it's so funny i can't Uh, wait to watch it yeah yeah uh oh and the other thing i was going to bring to moving forward which we discussed a little bit was the simpsons episode that i was talking a little bit about before you look like you're done (sighs) well i'm done, done done for this half excellent well that's everything that i have for this episode show um i think now for us we're going to go straight to next week but until then what do
1: they have to do got to go on to the apple podcast webs uh, app go into the app give us a little five star (laughs) rating if you so please it's there
0: it's so easy to do it is very easy to do you can trust
1: us we've done it now i didn't believe how easy to do but i it was easy to do it was easy to do it was it was (laughs) empirically easy to do by any measurable way, it was easy to do. It's
0: so fucking easy!
1: It's so easy to do. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And if, that, if it was too easy, if that was too easy for you, for you to do it, it was all right, but you've already done it, and you're very, very sure that that was way too easy for you to do, yeah, you, could, you could write us a cheeky little review. Or if you didn't want to write a cheeky little review, you could tell us what your favorite movie is. You could tell us what your favorite movie soundtrack is mm-hmm. or anything. Or you could just, you know, write rude things. I don't Yeah. I, tell we, us we don't what color really
0: your care. poo was this morning. We don't care. We don't Mine was don't. sort of a beigey brown. Um,
1: and you know, I'm a always a bit and I'm always a bit always a bit flippant about this part as well, but we're on Spotify as well. But we are um, on Spotify, whatever. absolutely. And the email <laughs>
0: is motionspod at gmail.com. Again. Love to hear from you. We've had some really fun requests come through. Um, They're totting up as well, so I need to uh, call these in some way, shape, or form. Um, But that is the show. So uh, until next time, goodbye, everyone. All right, guys. Ta-ta.